the older brother. Now, James didn't believe in Jesus Christ along with his other brothers and sisters at that time. They, they struggled with it. There was a great change that came in James' life, and he became the pastor of the Jerusalem church and uh, a great leader in the church. In fact, Paul later on says that James was a pillar in the early church. And, and James, but he had some difficulties, but he wrote to the uh, people that was dispersed, or dispersia is the word used, uh, uh, and some of those that were dispersed, some of those Jews were uh, believed to be and had been members of that Jerusalem church. But you see, these weren't just let, moved because of job opportunities or education opportunities. These folks moved because they were under persecution. And in fact, it was so difficult for them to get a job or a position, they were mistreated by their own countrymen, Jews, because they were Christians now, kind of a traitor. And then they were mistreated by Gentiles as well, because Gentiles really didn't care for uh, uh, the Jews to start with, uh, not Gentile Christians, but these uh, Gentiles. And in fact, they were treated worse off than slaves. They had some difficult times. Now, James is writing to this audience. Boy, you're talking about a tough audience to speak to or to write to, and this is the way it is. So James writes to them, and this is what James tells them. Now, you can stand with me, if you will, to James chapter 1, and I'll go ahead and start in verse 1. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes which are scattered abroad, greeting, are to members of that twelve tribe. Not all twelve tribes are scattered, but members of it. And now he's the servant of Jesus Christ, one that didn't even believe in him to start with. And now he believes he's a pillar in the church. You know, maybe you're here today and much like that. Maybe you don't understand what's going on. You don't know the God we're talking about or the Jesus we're talking about. And that's okay. You picked the best time to be here. Because the truth of the matter is all of us don't know it all anyway. And uh, so we're, we're going to through our prayers for you today and, and through this deliverance of this message to help you get a better understanding of what's going on. Verse 2, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptation, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, or testing of your faith. But let patience have her perfect work, or mature work, that you may be perfect and entire, or maturing and growing, wanting nothing. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words, your truth. I thank you for these folks that's here today. Lord, I am sure many are like me, just don't understand it all, but Lord, just anxiously waiting to hear from the Holy Spirit of God to let you uh, reveal to us what you, the truth you want us to know. There's some of us that's read that, Lord, that maybe that's read that book through and through and through and through, and Lord, they think they grasped it, and they think they got the understanding, but Lord, the application has never been applied to their lives. So today, Lord, let there be a change like there was in the Apostle James, a change, Lord, like there was in, in the younger brother of Jesus Christ. I ask you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So this morning I want to talk to you is how can good come from this? You know, you're telling me to have joy. How can good come from this? I mean, I, I'm in a difficult situation. I can't get a good job. I can't take care of my family the way I want to. Things aren't going well. Uh, my wife and I are arguing. My kids are growing up to take after the, uh, the, the dad side of the family. I mean, you know, it just don't make sense. How? And look at our nations. Brother Rick, you've got to be kidding me. 
So look what's going on in our nation today and how wild and weird. It, it, who'd ever thought it'd be like this? You don't never thought it in America it would be this way. Or maybe you got some personal trials or difficulties you're going through and you're saying, how can any good come from this? How in the world is there anything good coming out of this? This is a mess. And that's what I want to talk to you today. The theme of the book of James is a faith that works. You see, our trying of our faith or testing of our faith, and it's a, a faith that works. It, it has been said that Christianity has not been tried and found lacking. It just hasn't been tried. And you see, Jesus, God, doesn't just tempt us. He tries us. He wants us to, to test our faith. He wants to see, it. you know what, if, if this is written in modern English, he said, put up or shut up. You know, yeah, I can see you understand what I'm talking about. That's what he's saying. Christianity does not promise that we'll be shielded from all the problems of life. That's an obvious. We, we all got problems. Anybody that's married, got problems. Anybody that's got kids, got problems. Anybody that's got a job, got problems. Anybody don't have a job, got problems. Anybody breathing, got problems. You know, anybody that's not breathing without Jesus has got problems. You know, we got problems. Listen, Christianity promises that we will have help in the trials or difficulties or temptations and that we will benefit from those trials, temptations, difficulties. You see, four key words that will help you understand how good can come from this. And I put a question mark in the blank because I don't know what this is for you. I know what it is for me, but I, I don't know what this is for you. And, that, and this same question runs through my mind. It runs through my mind about my nation, runs through my mind about physical things, trials I've gone through, runs through my mind about troubles that uh, my friends and family go through. And, you know, I, I know what this is for me. And people say, well, you know, you just, God meant it for good. Yeah, well, you know, what good's coming from this? I don't see it. You know, I don't understand it. Maybe you're like me. You have difficulty. You see, the first word is evaluation. We need to evaluate. My brethren counted all joy. That phrase, uh, counted all joy, when you fall in divers' temptation, that, that phrase means to appraise or to evaluate our trials intelligently with confidence of the good that God can do for you and I. That's what he's talking about. Well, evaluate the trials that we're going through. It doesn't mean we just lumber through and, all right, well, this is the way it is, and you know, life's just not fair. And, and you're right, life's not fair. Life's difficult. But when he says count it all joy, that phrase means to appraise or evaluate trials intelligently in view of what God has. That's the intelligence. With confidence of the good that God can do. So how can good come from this? God can provide that. There is only one way to be able to live this command. Now I'm only going to give you two words this morning. I'll give you the other two next week, okay? So don't think you're stuck here to a duration. We have to look beyond what is happening to us right now. Paul said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind, looking forward to those things which are ahead, are looking to what I'm going to achieve, the great calling of Jesus Christ. you got to look forward. That's how Paul could make it. That's how the apostles could make it. That's how they were able to do it. You see those four key words, evaluation, number one, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 2. 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. How could he do that? Because he looked forward to what he was going to do. What, what was that uh, course, uh, that line again, too much to gain to lose? You see, looking forward to it, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's the important thing to know. Jesus looked beyond what was happening in the present, what he was going through right then and there, to a time in the future. And that's how we need to intelligently appraise or evaluate the good that God's going to give us. It's hard to see it at the time. It's hard to understand some good that's going to come through there. But there is some good that God has in mind, God's plan. Job understood this principle in Job 23.10. But he knew the way that I take when he hath tried me, tested me. I shall come forth as gold. He said, I'm going to come forth as pure gold. Job learned to look beyond the present problems to a better time ahead. Listen, Job, that was the first book I started to read when I got saved. You know, how many people's named their son Job? You know, and how many's named him Jezebel? You know. No, you didn't, Danny. Nice try. Good try. You didn't. But listen, it's because they got difficulties. I sit down, got a drink out of the icebox, opened up the Bible after I got saved. I didn't know anything, but there was two parts, old and new. Opened it up, Job opened. I read the first chapter and closed it and said, I don't want that job. <laughs> I thought you pronounced Job job. Well, that's all right. I thought you pronounced Habakkuk. I have a chucka, so... You know, and Psalms were palms. So, like I said, if you're here today and you don't understand all this stuff we're talking about, that's okay. You picked a great time to come because we all don't understand it all either. It's a good time for you to be here today. Listen, evaluation. We must evaluate our current problems in the light of what they will produce in us in the future. What's going to come in the future? You see, the problem is we're an instant society. The problem is we want everything now. We got, hey, we got an instant fireplace on remote control. You just click it and the propane goes, we got an instant fireplace. Music starts playing, you know. Uh, you, you put, if it don't come in a box or a can, it don't get in our house. <laughs> if, you can, if you can't cook it in the microwave, you know. <laughs> it don't come, you know. We used to use the fire detector, smoke alarms, to tell us when dinner was ready. Now it's, we've got microwaves. Don't have to do those things. Outlook determines outcome. Outlook determines, yeah, I know it. I'm going to the mall. Outlook. <laughs> she said, so am I. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I took her there, I read War and Peace twice. <laughs> if you're here for the first time or second time, what you see is what you get. This is us. We believe in laughing, crying, and cheering together. Outlook determines outcome. How we look at it. Attitude determines action. And action determines the altitude. 
Altitude is what an air pilot uses to keep the, the nose of the plane straight. You have to keep that out. And that's not just altitude as in elevation, but altitude in, in location and straightness. And that determines it. Outlook determines outcome. Attitude determines action. And action is determines our altitude. It's how, how high, how are we going to soar for God? Did you see, read the little caption underneath the balloons? Soaring higher than we ever thought. You know, the problem is we're selling it short. We're running out of that, that heated up gas that they use that helium to get it rise. You can rise far above your circumstances if you look at your outcome and you look at your attitude and you take in consideration your action and that's what your altitude is going to be. Listen, this is a principle that's good for all trials of life. My brethren, count it all joy when ye, you fall into divers' temptation. Uh, basically, divers means various kinds of problems. There's no problem this does not cover. It covers all kinds of problems. Look, sickness. It covers accidents. It, it covers disappointments. It covers uh, painful circumstances. It, it covers the death of a loved one. It covers financial problems. It covers all problems. It's, you got to evaluate. You got uh, to uh, evaluate the problem based upon the intelligence that you know that God could do. And that intelligence comes from God's word and from God's people. And so the evaluation, how we evaluate a problem will determine how we respond to that problem. You know, you, you, you know people. I, I've known people. Joyce is sitting here today, just lost her husband. She's, she goes through it. It's hard. It's difficult. But she's praising God that her granddaughter got saved in the funeral. Huh? What good is, yeah. What good's going to come from this? Right there is a good. And there was like 10 or 12, 15 other hands that came up. That's what good. It's difficult. But there's some of us that have uh, uh, problems. You know, stub your toe or, or turn your ankle or... or Not mentioning any names, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> or, or whatever, and, and, and it's a bad situation. I mean, it's, it's difficult. You'd think the end of life's there. Uh, going to cancer treatment. Hey, I, I've been, been to two. Go to the third one tomorrow and praise God so far. Thank you for your prayers. I haven't been sick yet. You know, I haven't felt great. But yeah, but it's, God's doing good. But I see some of them people down there. It's, you know, I, I, I go in. Usually go in, they take you in a room, and you wait, and then they call you in there, and they take your weight. I don't know why they want you to wait for. I say, hey, why don't you just take a few pounds and forget it? And they, then they take you back here, and they're going to give you a draw your blood, watch your ankle, draw your blood, do that kind of stuff to you, you know. And there's usually, I don't know, eight or ten people sitting in there, of course, being shy, the guy that I am. <laughs> I say, good morning. I guess you all wondered why I called you here today. You know, then some guy comes in and offers him breakfast. The guy never offered me breakfast. I don't think he wants me to stay. But then I go down, talk to Brian or somebody else, and look at them men and women that bravely sit in that chair for hours. Danny does the same thing back in the sound booth when they do an infusion. He understands it. I, I, my hat goes off to you. You know, that I, I can't see it, you know, I go in and get a shot, and they draw blood, and the needles aren't my fondest thing. But Ron goes in once, twice a month and lets somebody 
stick him in the eye. I thought, man, that's tough, bud. I know, you know, I just just the idea of it, you know. Uh, and, and then going to the dentist, you know, doing that kind of stuff. It's like when we want to do a, a bone marrow biopsy. And I, I said, I hear that's painful. Doc said, well, some people say it's no worse than a dentist. I said, look, can you put me to sleep? He said, yeah. I, I said, okay, because I'm like Frank. If you're going to shine a flashlight in my mouth, deaden it. I don't No, you know, I don't like it. In fact, I told them the other day they did some x-rays. I got to have a crown, and, and then they got to cut some of the gum back to do some uh what is it called? I uh, got a cavity. They got to fill it or something. And, and, you know, they put them things in there. I told them, I said, man, oh, man, my foot goes in and out of my mouth easier than that. <laughs> you know. But listen, it's how we respond to the problems. Sometimes I don't always respond well. Sometimes the problem just seems to be overwhelmed. But it will determine how we evaluate the problem, how we respond. It's only here. You know what's going on in the world today? I don't like it. You don't like it. I don't know too many people that really like it. But you know what? It's not going to last forever. Christ is coming back. Evaluate the problem. The problem did never come to stay. This too came to pass. And it's going to pass. And when it passes... There's going to be that trumpet sound, buddy, and we're out of here. In a twinkling of an eye, we're gone. Praise God. Amen. Give me a hand. Amen. It's going to be an exciting time. Listen, the second word we need to look at this morning, and that's all we're going to look at, these two words, is production. What's it going to produce? What is this trial, this testing, this difficulty uh, supposed to produce in my life what does God want me to learn it's you've heard me say it often I ask God what do you want me to learn what are you trying to teach me sometimes it's not me sometimes it's her sometimes it they want uh, God wants Edna to learn something and in those cases I say let her learn it fast <laughs> sometimes it's for our daughter Candace and our son-in-law Mike to learn it's an impossibility <laughs> well, what are we supposed to do? How do we look at it? What are we supposed to do? Knowing this, that the trying of your faith, the testing of your faith worketh patience. Now, let me show you something. Patience isn't just, I'm going to sit and endure and, and take it. Okay, this is what's happening. Bless God, I'll just endure it and, and, and suffer for Christ. The word patience means an endurance. It means to a, a tough res, uh, resolve uh, or a brave endurance in adverse circumstances or situations. Wow, that's a lot to say for one word, you know? But that's what it means. I remember as our daughter was growing, our, uh, she was always slow getting her room ready, always made it immaculate. The bed was made, everything looked good, but she was slow getting around. You know, and 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 her mama, Edna, she, she'd pray for patience. Lord, give me patience. Give it to me now. And you know what? The next morning she got up, got Candace up, and Candace got slower. You know, and said, I'm going to quit praying for patience. The more I pray, the slower the child gets. You know, 
It's not that kind of patience. This patience is that a tough resolve, a brave endurance in adverse circumstances. It's not the kind of patience, I'll just suffer and I'll just make it through until our child grows up and then when he turns 18, we'll ship him off. Or if you live in Arkansas when they're 13, you can ship her off to get married. She threatened to move to Arkansas a few times. Edna, not Candace. <laughs> Listen, the trying of our faith. What is a trial to produce? We need to evaluate it. We need to, to, to rehearse it. We need to intelligently look at it and see then the trying or the testing of our faith. And, and, and the day that this phrase was written, it referred to the testing of a coin to see whether it was really made of. What, what was going They take it, remember... George probably does. Uh, I know Harry's not. He said, remember I used to get a coin all times you take and bite on it? You know, why did you do that? You want to see if it was made out of what metal it was made out of because they want to see if it was pure silver or pure gold. That's one way that they would test it. And that's what James is writing. James is saying, guys, I know you're going through a difficult time. I know it's hard not being able to get the job you want. I know that it's difficult not supporting your family and, and, and trying to serve Christ in this, in this crazy, mixed-up world. I know that. But God is trying your faith. He's testing it to see whether it's pure or if it's fake. Is it just a, I possess Christianity or I profess Christianity? You see, there's a major difference. There's many people that profess knowing God but don't know God than the ones that possess to have Christ in their heart. You see, trials provide the opportunity for our faith to be tested to see what it's really made of. It's that, like I said, put up or shut up time. I don't like it. I, I, I don't like it when, they try, when your faith's tried. I don't like it when my faith's tried. But it's a testing time. It's times we need. I'm going to tell you, I, I picked on Charlie, but I'm going to lift him and share up. I don't think they've missed but maybe one service since he broke his uh, ankle in three or four places and had, what, two plates put in, one on each side and all that. Charlie, I'm going to tell you, buddy. I applaud you. And, and here Joyce is back already and, and some others returning. I, I'm going to tell you. It's a testing time, and that's the first thing you and Sharon said. We're, we're thanking God he trusts us with this. We want to test it with you. Well, that makes a whole difference in your attitude when you can do that, the testing, the trying of faith. God uses trials in our lives to help us realize what we really believe about faith and prayer and trusting God and whether we really believe the Bible is true. You know that? You know why our world is so mixed up? It's not because evil people are in control. Because our war is not against people, it's against Satan. We fight against uh, uh, spiritual powers, principalities, those things. Guys, it's not the person. It's not the individual. It's the act or action. And that's why, is it really true? What's a Christian? We live in one of the best times ever. Think about it. We can cry and complain, or we can say, what a great example to show people what Christianity really is like. What's it supposed to be like? It's supposed to be, I told you, we were founded on three principles. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, all thy strength. Number two, 
Jesus said the second commandment is likened unto the first, love your neighbor as yourself. What did he mean? He means respect because God created people. God didn't create thieves and child molesters and homosexuals and that kind of stuff. I'm not created that way. That's a choice we choose to live. Our liars or murderers or whoremongers or and all adulterers shall have their part in the lake of fire, Revelation 21.8. I didn't say it. Jesus said it. And he said, but we need to love God first and foremost. We need to respect people because God created people. And we need to be honest or truth. That's the three principles that we practice. This church was founded on in 1900. Ed and I have just picked it up, carried it on in the last 17 years. And that's what it needs to be. Is the Bible true? It is true. And we need to love the Lord God. It says in John chapter 1, verse 14, the last phrase, read it for yourself. The word became flesh is the first phrase, but the last phrase says he was full of grace and truth. Didn't say he had grace and truth, said he was full to the brim of grace and truth. Boy, that makes things sticky and hard, doesn't it? Now I got to, I, got, I, had, I had a person come to me that I didn't know their lifestyle Oh, I just did learn their lifestyle. I'll take that back. And was very upset. I'm not going to mention the name. Some of you may know this. Uh, my, my daughter's baby is, 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 looks like it's going to be premature. She's having a problem with it. And I don't agree with the lifestyle. So you know what I said to her? You're getting what you deserve. You believe that? Oh, Joy, say so you didn't say that. You're right. That's truth. But the grace side says, let's pray for your daughter. You see, he was full of grace and truth. Folks, it gets tough, it gets sticky, it gets hard, especially with someone who doesn't agree with us, someone we don't like, someone a different political persuasion, different denomination persuasion, someone different lifestyle. That's a trial God's putting you through. He's testing it. How are you going to stand up? Are you going to show people the great opportunity of being a Christian? Or are you going to show people? Now, truth is easier, Joyce, for me to tell you guys the truth, to give you the truth of it. Bless God, uh, you know, turn or burn, sucker. You know, uh, you, you die, you're gonna, you know, without Jesus, you're going to hell. But when it comes to me, <laughs> I like grace, forgiveness, you know, uh, well, I ain't got it all together, but, you know, God's still working on me. You see, but when you look at a disciple of Christ is supposed to be holy like he's holy, that means we're supposed to be full of grace and truth. Let's work on it. I don't have it all down. Let's work on being full of grace and truth because that's what we're supposed to do. That makes the difference, doesn't it, Clarence? It makes it hard. Like Karen said the other night, he don't like the term skid row bum. Because only by the grace of God go I. That's a creation of God. Now, God didn't create a homosexual, a, a, a child molester, a, a thief, a liar, adult. That's a choice we choose to pick. But praise God, you want to know how Jesus loves you? You think you can't get victory over it? You know how Jesus loves you? Look how Jesus loved. You know what he said? Full of grace and truth, James. Jimmy, he said, praying for you. He said, this is sin. But you know what I'm going to do about it? I'm going to die on the cross for it. 
I'm going to die for that sin for you. You think you can't have victory over that sin? I died for it. You think you can't ever get through that sin and pass that sin? I died for it. You're going to do it. You see, we need to evaluate it. We need to check out what the production of that trial is going to do in my life. What's he trying to work through my life? And Peter writes about this same process in 1 Peter chapter 1 and in verses 6 and 7, wherein you greatly rejoice that now for a season, a season's a period of time. We're going in just getting ready into the winter season. Was it December 21st is the first day of winter or 20th or something? But, you know, anything below 70 degrees is winter time to me. And he says, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations and different kinds of temptations, Peter says. He said that the trial of your faith being much more precious than the gold that, uh, that perishes, though it be tried with fire. That's how they found out. The, uh, George told us in Bible study that each metal melts at a different temperature. Tried by fire, might he found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. Man, there's not one of us in here that are Christians born again and been along that don't believe Christ could come back any second. But do we want him to find us out of balance and not living with grace and truth or just living in truth? You know, I'm thankful that by the grace of God, I'm forgiven. And I've said things and did things that I wish I would have left alone. But I'm thankful that God is full of grace and truth. Five truths from 1 Peter 6. Trouble does not last, though now for a season. It's not going to last, guys. This is not your first trial, and it's not going to be your last. Trouble serves a purpose. If need be, Peter said. If need be. What's the need? I don't know. I know what the need is in my life. What's the need in your life? Number three, trouble brings distress. We don't like disappointment and distress. He said, you are in heaviness, Peter said. That's distress. We get heaviness. We get disappointed, discouraged. We get stressed out. We get depression brings things on us. Number four, trouble comes in various forms. It said manifold temptation. Remember I told you different types, just like divers, uh, divers temptation, James said. Well, the same kind of word, same meaning, just different, comes in different forms. And you never know when it's coming. That's what's sad. You never know when it's coming. So we need to prepare for the coming troubles by being in the Word of God, by trusting in God. And number five, troubles should not dismiss our joy. Should not take our joy. Joy is not what happens on the outside. Happiness is outside. Joy is what's happened on the inside. Joy. I put an acronym one time. I, I, I saw it someplace. It's called joy. Jesus, others, and yourself. That gives you true joy. He says, you greatly rejoice. We can rejoice in the heaviness. We can rejoice in the difficulty. We can rejoice in the down season, and we can rejoice in the up seasons as well because they're a blessing. When trials come, and folks, they're coming. You've already been through. 
just out of curiosity. Anybody not going through a trial? Amen. Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we're not finished with the message, but there's people sitting here that's in heaviness, that's distressed, that's going through different trials and testings. And Lord, they, they struggle. We just ask you to, to be with them today, meet their needs. You know what it is. Lord, maybe it's not uh, knowing salvation. Lord, uh, let them know that they can have salvation. It's free and give that to them, Lord Jesus. We ask you to just meet their needs as they need it. In Jesus' name, we praise you and thank you. Amen. When trials come, and they're come. Now, before I go on, I told you it comes in manifold temptations, different types of temptations, different trials. Let me clarify something, unless you go out here misunderstanding. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is not a sin. And I can prove it from the Bible. The Bible says Jesus was led into the wilderness after he was baptized and he was tempted for 40 days, 40 nights. Yet he sinned not. Temptation is not the sin. It's the action or the follow-through of temptation that makes it a sin. You see, trust in God who loves you when you're going through the trial. Hang on with both hands and both feet. You know, I picture it like the guy climbing a coconut tree. You've seen those, you know, climb it barefooted and it's just hang on and trust in the God that loves you. Trust in the Bible that will guide you. That's hard. That's difficult. But trust in the Bible that guides you. Trust in the Holy Spirit who seals you. Seals redemption. You know, uh, my daughter brought down a, a mason jar full of apple filling. And uh, we made a, and bought a pie crust for my birthday coming up here in November because the time frame is not going to work for him to come. And uh, Mike put together the pie and we put it in there. But, you know, when, when he popped, you have to get a little rubber thing on top of the lid to pop it. And it, why? Because it's sealed. And that's the same thing happens to us. And Jesus said, you're in my hands and I'm in the Father's hands and nobody can take you out of my Father's hands. We're sealed. So trust in the Holy Spirit who seals you. By the way, the apple pie was good. <clears throat> I had two pieces and ice cream. <clears throat> <laughs> I didn't catch all of it said there went my diabetes yeah yeah that's true that's true and you know why I did it because I chose to do it it was a choice and it wasn't the devil made me do it it was a choice Number four, trust in the promises God gives you. You know there's promises in this word that God gives you, gives me and you. Trust in him. Trust in him. Number five, trust in the future that awaits you. Where are we going? If you're a Christian, you're going to heaven. If you're not, you're going to the other place. There's no halfway places. 
2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. There is reserved for me in the future the crown of righteousness. Whoa, man. Do you realize that, Rowdy? You got a crown. Buddy, you're going to look like a king. She, now Miss Julie's going to have her respect, buddy, I'm telling you. Isn't that great? He says there, Paul says there's a crown of righteousness. And he's at the end of his life, he wrote to Timothy, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. Oh, by the way, Timothy, just in case you got a little jealous, not to me only, but to all those who have loved his appearing. You think her hat looks nice, D.L.? Check, check her crown out. You're going to get a crown. And you know what we get to do with crowns? We don't get to walk around and say, look at my hat. Look at that. What would you say, Joy? What do we get? To, oh, what would you say, Joyce? Yeah, we get to put them at the feet of Jesus. That's exactly. Lisa, isn't that great? You got a good-looking hat, but your crown is outstanding, girl. And then you get to take it off and give it to Jesus. Man! I'm talking about the guy that created this universe, this world we live in. I'm talking about the same guy that says, here's a trial I want to test you with. Now you're at a point in your life to put up or shut up. What are you going to do? Grace or mercy? Oh, wait, the verse doesn't say grace or mercy. Sometimes it doesn't seem fair. Sometimes it seems Jesus just gave, I mean, after all, he... He told a, a guy on the cross there, we call him a thief, but he wasn't a thief he, because they didn't crucify thieves. He was one of the worst sinners. But what they did is he, he said, but today you'll be with me in paradise. Wait a minute. And in, in the last minute, the last second, this guy ain't going to last maybe 15, 20 more minutes, and he ain't getting off the cross going anywhere. He's, he's up there, he's tied up there, he ain't going nowhere, and he's going to die right there. And you're telling me that he gets to go to heaven the same as I do? Where's the fairness in that? He's full of grace and truth. The truth is, there's a penalty and consequence for sin. But grace says, I can forgive you of that sin. Let's stand and we'll pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord. Even though there's difficulties in understanding the grace and truth, Lord, I haven't got that victory in that yet. But Lord, I sure would like to one day. <clears throat> truth is, we all will one day when we get to heaven because we'll have your mind and we'll know what you want. But until then, Lord, my prayer for our church, is that we love people like people because we're in the people business because you created people. Not we condone their lifestyle, not that we're in agreement with their, the stand they take, but we're in agreement of being full of grace and truth. In Jesus' name, help us to know that good can come through every trial if we evaluate it correctly, and if we question and search at what it's supposed to produce in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Whatever the Lord spoke to your heart about,
Maybe you got someone you want to pray for. Maybe you want to come and pray like I've been praying, Lord, help me to understand grace and truth. Whatever you got, whatever your need is. You need somebody to pray with you, looking for a church home, whatever it is, won't you come? We'll be glad to let somebody pray with you. Altars open, people are gathered, coming to God. Maybe you're like some of these and you want to see some change in our nation. Pray for a revival. Come and ask God to do a miracle in our lives. Let him do a revival, start a revival right here in my life. That's been my prayer. Whatever it is. How can good come from this? Evaluate it. And then ask. What's going to produce in the future? Amen. It's good to see each one of you this morning. I asked last week to help me out. If anybody need to talk to me, I'd be up here. And uh, But, you know, as Will pointed out to me, I'm not doing that very good. And so I decided, well, if I'm going to get sick, I might as well get sick doing something I enjoy doing, and that's shaking hands and hugging people. Or we can do knuckle bumps to those that help remember. But if you do got a sickness, uh, you know, kind of do like Chris did last week, I don't know if Chris here this week or not. There she is. With I, I saw that hat. Do that. That looks like a good pony riding hat right there. I'm telling. You. Uh, she just went off to the side. And listen, speaking of going to the side, go out the other door. She did last week. There, we're going to take up a love offering for daily bread. They're free. Pick them up out there. Uh, use them. But if you got a dollar or five, whatever, 
just put it in the basket Ernie's holding, and we send that up to them uh, there in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, where uh, uh, Radio Bible Press does that. And we're good. It's good to see Bob and Lynn have you down with us. I'm glad you brought your granddaughters yesterday. That's a good thing. Amen. You know, Ron, I think these ladies got an idea with these hats. I was just looking at Nancy when she had her head down like that. You know, we could sit there and go to sleep and nobody even know. <laughs> I mean, you know, hey, it worked great. It's good to see you. Kevin, thanks for being a friend. I appreciate you. Would you close us in prayer this morning, sir? And he'll bring you the mic. Awesome message, Lord, that Pastor Ray gave us, and just how we we are full of so many choices in life today, Lord, that we see things on TV and the news and everything, and there is a lot of temptations out there. And Lord, just pray for your guidance, how we can just continue to lean on you, Lord, that you will be the lamp of our feet and just guide our path and to keep us going down that road. Uh, one day we'll see you face to face, Lord, and we just can't wait for that. And just want to bless everybody that showed up today and say a blessing for that sign. That uh, Let everybody see what's going on in here because it sure was a good message, Lord. And uh, we just want to thank everybody for showing up and just guide them and get them home safe and get them back in here to receive another message, Lord. Just ask all these things in your powerful, precious son's name.